peace of Christ be with you. Let's settle ourselves by taking about three deep breaths that our awareness might expand to recognize the presence of the Spirit in, with, and among us. Friends, let us worship in beloved community and let us begin with prayer. Holy One, we give thanks for the gift of this day, for the blessings in our lives, for the opportunity to worship you. Open our hearts and our minds to your leadings in this time that we might be blessed by this experience and in turn become blessing to others. Pray these things and indeed all things in Christ's name. Amen. And now for a time of discovery. Welcome to our time of discovery, where I want to say, Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna! Now, Hosanna is a strange word that we say every Palm Sunday as we wave our palms. But do you know what it means? I'll give you a second to think about it. Hosanna is really just a word of praise. It can mean glory or yay or yippee or hallelujah. Hosanna in the highest. So as Jesus paraded into Jerusalem, the people shouted Hosanna to show how much they were overjoyed for him to be coming to their city. That's what we celebrate on Palm Sunday. Now, you may not have palms available at your house, and that's okay. We can wave our hands or shake our fingers. We can clap anything that shows our joy and our praise. So, as you watch this worship service today, I invite you to listen for that word, Hosanna. It's going to be said a few times today. And when you hear that word, Hosanna, if you have some palm branches, who knows, maybe you have some, wave them. If you don't have palm branches, that's okay. Clap your hands, shake your hands, dance, whatever it is you do to show praise. So Hosanna in the highest. I just said Hosanna, did you wave your hands? Hosanna. Go now in peace. Go now in peace, may the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go. Though to our young people, I hope you won't go far. I hope you'll stay with us for the rest of the service and listen for Hosanna. So now as we come to our time of prayer, I do invite you to share your joys and your concerns with one another. If you're watching with us on Facebook, go ahead and type your prayer, joys, and concerns right into the comments section. Feel free to be in touch with us at any time during the week. 
to share with one of us on staff that we may be in prayer together. I will invite us to have just a few moments of quiet as we pray in the quiet of our own hearts, and then I'll lead us in prayer together. So let us pray. O Christ, you entered Jerusalem not in style, but simply. Yet still you caused an uproar and questions everywhere you went. Even as people shouted, Hosanna, to welcome and praise you, you brought buried conflicts to the surface. May we, who are sometimes swayed by the crowd's approval and the hearty hosannas, may we, who often avoid conflict for fear of its cost to us, may we hold fast to your gospel of peace and justice. As we shout hosanna to you this day, May we also follow faithfully in your way of compassion and solidarity with those who are poor and excluded, wherever it may lead us. Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And now, O oh God, hear us as together we pray the prayer your Son taught us, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Sing Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Sing Hosanna, sing.
The Gospel reading comes from the book of Mark, the 11th chapter, the first 11 verses. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to us right here, right now. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find there, tied there, a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed him to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it. And Jesus sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, and it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Parades are an anthropologist's dream. Or, or maybe it was a sociologist. Either way, the expert voice coming through the speaker from NPR was highlighting how you could tell so much about what a culture values by looking at one of its parades, one of its festivals. Think about that the next time you attend one. What gets highlighted? What's celebrated? And conversely, what's missing? What are the roles involved and who's doing what? There are so many roles in a parade. Think about just the crowd for starters. There are those who come every year who find a good seat and have to be there early to do so. There are others who may be dragged along by their spouse who they think perhaps has an unhealthy affinity for such events. Children and adults go for different reasons. Perhaps children go to scramble for the candy that's thrown out and adults maybe to have some nostalgia or enjoy some other piece of the ceremony. There is uh, a whole host of folks who, who make it possible, volunteers, security, law enforcement perhaps, make sure everything's safe and in good order. There, of course, is the, uh, the attractions themselves, the floats, the participants, the stars, you might say, and in their diversity as well. Those who come to make you laugh, those who come to sing, those who dazzle you with their artistry, 
those who ride little motorcycles. Some pieces are more serious than others. I stop to try to get you to honor and reflect on something important along the way. There are the announcers, really important, for they give narrative to what's happening. They tell backstories. They highlight voice of the parade, as you might say. And people take their parades seriously. Back in high school, I played drums in a rock band, and one time we got this gig at a little uh, rural Indiana town in parade, and uh, well, we, we were really playing adjacent to the parade, and therein lies the problem as we're playing. It hadn't started yet, but it was clear what the crowd was there to see and what the crowd was there to hear, and it wasn't us, for they were facing an empty street, still waiting for it to happen while we were just next to them. And finally, someone started to turn around, which at first seemed like a good sign, except when they looked over their shoulder, all they had to say to us was, go home. We did not. We also didn't attract much of a crowd. You can learn a lot by what goes down at a parade. Palm Sunday is this day when we honor and celebrate Jesus's procession, which we could perhaps call a parade, into the holy city of Jerusalem. And in years past, we have taken great pains to highlight the differences between the procession that carries Jesus Christ into the city to the procession that was likely occurring at the same time on the other side of town, bringing in Pontius Pilate in a display of power and might and authority. But this year, I'm less focused on the contrast, as great as it was between those two parades, than the roles within them. For there were many roles. There were the faithful disciples who procured the donkey. There was the donkey. Famously, G.K. Chesterton wrote an entire poem about Palm Sunday from the perspective of the donkey. There were loyal, faithful followers, devotees, lining the streets, to be sure. But perhaps there were also some who were simply curious onlookers. Some others still who may have been dragged along by those who were already committed. Maybe there were even spies in attendance, those with nefarious intentions. All throughout Lent, we've been asking at Marsha McPhee's leading, this great liturgical scholar, what is Jesus up to in these texts that accompany Lent? I think part of what he's up to in Holy Week, which is really what he's up to his whole life, is to help people find their place. He often spends time with those who have been displaced to try to restore them to a more rightful place. The message is good for all of us. Where is Christ calling you to be at this moment? I ask you that. Because this year, perhaps more than other years, I'm keenly aware that I'm not preaching to a single entity, a monolith. Yes, a, yes, a single congregation, but a con congregation comprised of individuals and families who have vastly different experiences. Now, I don't claim my work is any harder than anyone else's. 
I'm not sure how hard preaching is. I rather enjoy it. But I will say preaching is impossible. Here's what I mean by that. On any given day, two of you might need to hear two entirely different messages. So say the passage is Jesus telling people they need to take up their cross and deny themselves to follow him. Or that oldest of, of passages in Philippians that says that Christ didn't uh, equate or regard equality with God as something to be uh, lorded over people, but rather Christ emptied himself to, and took on the form of a slave. Now, if you were a power, person of power and position and influence, privilege, you might say, you might well need to hear a sermon that encourages you to reflect on the role of humility in your life and put your ego in check and figure out what you can do to be a servant in your position as leader. But what if you're a person who's been told their whole life to be quiet and to keep it down and to not cause trouble and quit being so emotional? Go along with it. Don't you understand what your place is? That person needs to hear an entirely different message from the gospel. That maybe the self they need to deny is not the one that's truly in their soul, but the one that's been put upon them by others time and again throughout their lives. Maybe as they suffer, what they need to hear is that Christ on the cross suffers with them and they don't need to take on one single more thing they're already carrying enough and that other people need to empty so that they can finally be filled up and fill up a rightful place in this world. So when I ask you, where is your place? Where are you being called to be? Part of what I'm asking for is your help because preaching isn't simply about me finding the right things to say, but it's about you finding the right things to hear. Where are you? Is it your turn to be walking down the center to find a space that you haven't had before? Is it your turn to perhaps realize you've had more than your fair share at the center in the spotlight with the attention and that your job this season, more important than any other, is simply to listen, to quiet yourself so that something else might be heard. I don't know if you noticed it, those of you who were at worship last week, we were outside for the confirmation welcoming. And Will Tomey was offering this beautiful sermon. And uh, first I was worried because it started to get interrupted by an ambulance coming down Tiburon Boulevard, siren blaring, and then something happened. And a couple of you noticed it, maybe more. When it became, it came with an eye shot of what we were doing, the siren turned off. And as soon as it passed us and got to the light past the church, the siren went back on. That driver saw what was happening and got quiet for our sake. What if we went through life down our road that attentive? to the sacred things that were trying to happen all around us, to the voices that were trying to be heard. What if we were that attentive? 
Maybe we need to provide security and safety. Maybe that's our role in the crowd so that others can be heard. A colleague of mine was quoted in New York Magazine this week as one of the subjects describing their experiences with COVID. But really, she was describing her experiences with COVID as an Asian American woman and all the layers that that brings with it and the hostility and the fear that it carries. And just a couple of days later, she had a piece that appeared in the New York Times that was describing the racial and gender dimensions of the Atlanta shootings. It'd be a time to make room for these kinds of new voices. Maybe you still will have a voice no matter where you are. And so the question then is what kind of story will you tell? You're the announcer at this procession. What will you highlight? And from what perspective? What will you lift up and give voice to? Many of us were very vocal about what was happening at the border during the last administration. Will we still speak out now for the way people, particularly children, are being treated? Will we speak out with the same intensity and volume? There are as many roles as we can imagine in this procession and a place for everyone. The only role that's taken is savior. And that's probably one that you need to hear as well. Find your place, but don't think you have to be the Messiah. And while we're at it, in addition to figuring out where your place is, it's probably worth considering what exactly we're cheering. Because you can learn a lot about a people by what they cheer for. And as a raucous crowd, what they get behind. I just finished a book not long ago by an evangelical pastor, one who thinks sort of outside the box, and so I appreciate him. And in this book, he's, which deals largely with violence in Christianity, he's quoting... Uh, an axiom that his father passed down to him in which he says, he said, son, the crowd is always wrong. Now, I'm not sure I entirely agree with that. I think some crowds have gotten it right. But it was a strong point and it's made me think that even in the best causes with the best intentions, that there can be large groups of people in the movement who kind of miss the point and can get it wrong sometimes, terribly wrong. And this author, Brian Zond is his name, actually makes the case that this is what's happening in Palm Sunday, that even the people who line the streets cheering on Jesus uh, might be missing the point because they're cheering Jesus as if he were Pilate, coming to bear arms and conquer for once and for all those who are in charge. And that would be understandable out of their desperation because of their own oppression, but Zahn says it still misses the point. The crowd is always wrong. You see, laying cloaks and palm branches, that's the kind of reception you give a conquering military hero in Jesus's time. And so the question is, was that crowd in on the irony of that moment? Or was it lost on them? over their heads. Is the irony lost on us, we who love to laud the freedom we say we have? 
while seemingly think it's accept thinking it's acceptable to lose 41,000 people last year alone to violence by guns? Parades, processions, serious business. This is a serious occasion inviting us to consider our place. For to think we can just stumble into our right role leaves far too much up to dangerous chance. Holy Week calls us to prayerfully consider why we are here, what we are heralding, and who are we truly celebrating. Amen. With Palm Sunday today, we have begun Holy Week, a very special time in the life of the church, and we have lots of different things happening throughout the coming week. For all of the details, I invite you to check your e-news or check the homepage of our website and everything you'll need to know is listed there. Just a few highlights. Our Sarah Todd Labyrinth will be open in Finlay Hall this week if you would like to come at your own time and walk the labyrinth. Again, the hours are posted on the website. We will also have a Stations of the Cross up in the sanctuary and available on Thursday evening and Friday. Again, that's something you can come at your own time and experience at your own pace. On Thursday, for Maundy Thursday, we will worship over Zoom at 7 p.m. That will be a communion worship. On Good Friday, we will worship here in the sanctuary at noon. That will also be streamed on Facebook. You do need to sign up in advance if you want to come in person. And then Easter Sunday, we will have our virtual services at 9 on Facebook and YouTube. Then we will have in-person services at 9.30 and 11. And again, please pre-register if you would like to come to an in-person service. We are now allowed to worship at 50% capacity, so we have room. Easter may be a great time to invite a friend to come worship with you. We do invite you, as always, to share your offerings and pledges with the church. You all have been so faithful in doing that throughout this past very strange year, and we thank you. Just a reminder that there are three ways to give. You can write a check and send it into the church. You can head to our website on the Give page, or you can text to give. Again, thank you for your generosity. And finally, don't forget about our meal for Voyager Carmel on Easter Sunday. Uh, this is a great way to provide a special meal for those who live at Voyager Carmel in San Rafael. There is a sign-up link. It went out in the e-news. Uh, you can simply sign up for whatever dish you would like to cook and then bring it by the church on Easter morning. If you have any questions about that, you can see Randy Heiser. And now, will you please join me in singing our closing hymn. Hosanna, loud Hosanna. Through pillared court and temple, the 
receive this benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, who is Father and Mother of us all, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day. Amen. <laughs>